Hello everybody and welcome back to the craft. Today is episode 16. It is the second episode of 2021 and I have a extremely bookish related episode. I figured before January is over, I really wanted to get a top 10 books that I read last year done. Um, and I know it's a little bit more book related than writing related, but if you're a writer, you read books. There's no separating the two. So I don't think anybody will be complaining. Um, before we get started though, I did want to talk about a shop that I've mentioned before. It's called Moonlight and Metaphors on Etsy and I absolutely adore this shop. And the reason why I wanted to shout it out again um, is because the shop owner Nicole has released some Bridgerton related stickers that I am obsessed with because if you know anything about um, me this January, you know that I've watched Bridgerton countless times over. Um, and she has these adorable stickers. She has Daphne and the Duke and more exciting things to come. So go check them out. Go give her some love. Um, I'm absolutely obsessed. But without further ado, let's get into this episode. Um, I'm going to do the top 10 books um, ascending. So we'll get up to my top favorite book of the year. And when I was going back through my Goodreads and kind of noticing my rating and what books I read, by the end of the year, I was just like, did I even read anything that I thoroughly enjoyed? I had like maybe one or two in mind. And then I realized that some of the books that I read at the beginning of the year, I was telling people I read in 2019. Because <laughs> that's how much of a distinction, like, the first three months of 2020 were versus after the pandemic hit. And I'm sure everybody can relate to that. So when I talk about some of the books that I read at the beginning of the year last year, it literally feels like 30 years ago. Um, but bear with me, I'll do my best to explain it as I remember them. Um, because honestly, a few of them, I was telling people I read three years ago at Christmas. I was like, oh yeah, I read that couple years ago. Mm, no, I read that eight months ago. Anyway, so the first book that I want to talk to you about, I did read at the end of the year. It was, um, I Would Leave Me If I Could by Halsey, which is a collection of poems. And wow, it was impactful. I gave this book four stars on Goodreads. Now I know some people do a, um, more detailed rating on Goodreads. Like if, if they give something four stars, they might have a decimal point after it. I don't, I just kind of stick with that general rating because ratings are arbitrary to me in a sense. Um, I know how much I love the book. I don't really need to put a rating on it. Um, so anything that's four or five stars to me is good. Um, of course, there could be really, really amazing four-star books and really lower four-star books that were just like, I liked it, it was good, but didn't make my top 10. Um, so I will be telling you the ratings, but it really is not that important to me. There's a mixture of four, four and five stars um, on this list. And this was one of my four-star books. Now, I 
have it on the number 10 list because it does have some um, triggered content in there and some of it was a little bit hard for me to read personally. However, that doesn't make it any less beautiful. Um, I absolutely adored this book. It felt like reading Halsey's lyrics. Um, I am a fan of her music and I could see that a lot of these poems were either written around the same time as other songs that I've liked, or I could see the parallels between her music and the the poetry, and it was just beautiful. Um, It was a quick read, but one of my favorites for the year for sure. The ninth spot on my list goes to The Inconvenient Indian by Thomas King. I gave this book five stars and it deserves it. I really feel like this book is required reading for anybody who lives in North America. It is a nonfiction book and it really is a history of colonialism in North America, Um, but it's not a history textbook. It's so readable. Um, I actually read this through the book when I didn't have access to my Audible, and on the Audible site, I had the audiobook for it. Um, I kind of switched between the two if I was driving, um, and you can tell I read this at the beginning of the year when I was driving a lot, Um, but if I was driving, then I was listening to the audiobook, and if I had um, a moment or if I was sitting on the subway train and just sitting there reading, um, I was reading it through the text, the physical book. Um, Like I said, I really think that it's required reading for all of us who live in North America, and it's so beneficial for anybody who is wondering about what it's like to be indigenous in this world. Um, Colonialism sucks, (laughs) to say the least, and it really gives you an insight into that history. And besides that, it's easy to digest. It doesn't feel like you're being preached at. It doesn't feel like you're reading a textbook and it's homework. Um, The stories are lively. And I honestly just love this book. I'm honestly going to say that for all of them. They are my top 10 books um, for last year. So I I did love all of them. Um, so maybe just, you know, have a, have a little ongoing game or count for every time I said I love this book. Um, anyway, so the eighth book on the list is The Uninvited by Cat Winters. I have talked about this book in the podcast before. Um, it was enthralling. I really did love this book. <laughs> Uh, oh my god, I'm gonna say that all the time. Okay, anyway, besides the point. Um, like I've said previously, it is a ghost story. It's a fiction novel set in the time of the Spanish flu during World War One, And wow, um, what a book to read during a pandemic, honestly. Some things were all too real when I was reading this and we were going through almost the same thing as, you know, they did over a hundred years ago. Um, and this book really kind of gave me that 
feeling that every time somebody said these are unprecedented times, I was like, dude, we've gone through this before in history over and over again. How could it be unprecedented? Um, but that's just my own little quibble. Um, I did give this book four stars, but like I said, it's a very high four stars as are all the four star books on this list. And, um, it was just enthralling. The twist is so amazing. I'm a walking spoiler alert when it comes to this book, so I'm just going to shut my mouth and move on. Uh, (laughs) Our number seven book is another book of poetry. It's called She Who Destroys the Light, and it is by Shahida Arabi. Excuse me if I mispronounced it, Um, but again, I love this book. It is an enthralling book of poetry that just I had so many poems tabbed in this book, and I still do. I go back and I read them. They're incredible. Um, It's almost like poetry through a fiction lens, and that was so unique to me because a lot of the collections of poetry that I've read, you can tell um, that the poems are coming from that author. But this feels like a fairy tale almost. And that's actually part of the subtitle. It's fairy tales gone wrong. And you truly feel that in this collection. Um, I often go back to this and it really helps me, um, get into character when I want to write actually, because the, feelings that it evokes are kind of similar to the feelings that I want um, to evoke in my reader. And so it really inspires me. I picked up this book when I was at the last bookstore in LA two years ago, and I can't believe I waited this long to read it. I absolutely love this book. Yes, I said it again. It might as well be a drinking game. Number six on my list is Bunny by Mona Awad, and wow, this book got four stars because honestly, it's a little confusing. When you put it down, you're like, what the hell did I just read? And that's kind of the point. Um, but it was such a journey all the way through. And to be honest, it really like brought me back to my undergrad and how writing groups used to interact with each other in a university setting. Um, but in a dark gothic way. And that was just so cool to me. Um, again, I've talked about this book before. If you are not a fan of open endings, do not read this book. If you like something that, um, doesn't offer a lot of closure and you can guess at anything that your imagination can take you on, this book is definitely for you. Um, I definitely go as far to say that it's genius. Like the writing style was just impeccable. The reader feels exactly what the writer wants them to feel at any given moment. Um, the confusion, the dread, the build up, the tension, the horror, everything is there. The gore, oh my goodness, the gore. Um, but such an amazing read and I highly, highly recommend it. And now we are in the top five. 
The fifth book on my list is Practical Magic. Wow, was I late to this game. I grew up watching the movie. I absolutely adored it. Um, A couple of my friends and I go to the cottage every summer, which I've talked about on the podcast before, Um, but we always rewatch the movie when we go there. Um, It's so nostalgic for me and I absolutely love it. I had never read the book and so this year I did that. There are a few key differences, so if you're a long lifetime lover of the movie, expect that there's going to be things that are different, Um, but this book was incredible. Alice Hoffman is such a powerful writer, and her style is very much like Virginia Woolf. Um, It's almost like Virginia Woolf, but with a contemporary twist, and everybody knows that I'm obsessed with witches. This book really just was magical. That's all I can say. Number four is a tongue twister. I read The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society by Mary Ann Schaefer, and wow, it was gorgeous, heartbreaking. It literally made me cry on the subway when I read it. Yes, I read it at the beginning of the year when the subway was still normal. Um, I loved this book. It's in the form of letters, so it's fully an epistolary novel, Um, but you don't miss any of the traditional dialogue or description that are in normal novels. Um, It really does bring you into that world, and it's just such a comforting read. The characters are lovable, the whole thing just so heartwarming and heartbreaking, everything that you want in a novel of this genre, and I can't say any more great things about it. Of course, I did give it five stars, and the movie is just as cute. If you love Lily James, go watch it too. Um, read the book first, though. Definitely read the book first. My number three spot goes to Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. I read this book when I was a child, and I remember falling in love with it back then. I would get in trouble for reading past my bedtime, but I had a book light, and so I would read it with my book light, and then if I heard my parents coming to check to see if I was asleep, I would shove everything underneath my pillow and pretend to be asleep, wait until they left, and then continue reading. Um, I remember sobbing while I was reading this when I was a kid, and I think I was only like 10 or 11 years old. It was just incredible for me to reread it at the beginning of 2020. Of course, the reread was sparked by the movie coming out, That book is just something that I will always hold close to my heart. I really feel like it's one of my favorite classics. Um, I do say Pride and Prejudice is my favorite classic, or Frankenstein. But really, between the three, do I really have a favorite? Between any of my books, do I really have a favorite? Um, Who knows? But absolutely recommend reading this book. It's just so amazing. 
If you get to the spot where you want to cry and you have to put it in the freezer like Joey from Friends, go ahead and do so. Sometimes books need to go in the freezer. The number two spot goes to Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. Wow, 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 wow. Um, Again, I read this book right at the beginning of the year and this was the book that I thought I read in 2019. Um... I didn't. I read it in 2020. I didn't realize that I did because the world was normal back then when I read it. But it lived up to the hype. And honestly, I thought it was better than the hype. This book was everything. Entertaining. So real. Exactly what, you know, 2020 ended up being in the rest of the year. It was... I'm sure it was meant to be a subtle nudge to the microaggressions that happen, Um, but the rest of 2020 really kind of opened up that wound and, you know, got the attention that it needed. We were like, we need to fix this. Um, And really, we're not not fixed yet. There was a big show and not a lot of fix, and you know, on this channel, this podcast I do not shy away from that we need to fix things still but this book was an incredible read and what makes it so powerful is that the characters are relatable as weird as that is to say maybe not weird at all all of the characters are relatable they have faults they have good qualities they have reality they are real and that drives home the point of the book so much because these people you can recognize in the world you don't point at them and say they're villains and I need to eradicate that from everywhere you realize that they're regular people that you have in your life and that their actions are not okay so it really does kind of open up the the wound that is racism and shine light on anything that needs to be changed, anything that needs fixing, because a lot of the time, microaggressions hurt just as bad as direct aggressions. And this book was just powerful. It showed that. And damn, I loved it. Now, my number one book for 2020 was Hester Fox's The Witch of Willow Hall. Is anybody surprised that my top book was a witch book? Probably not. Um, Wow. This book is everything. It's Jane Austen and witches in a novel. I absolutely adored it. It's set in Boston in 1821, and it follows a family. Shit goes down. It's absolutely incredible. It really brought the Regency into North America for me, and obviously I know that um, like historical time periods aren't separated by region, and the Regency didn't just happen in London, England, but Sometimes it feels that way based on the histories that we get, based on the literature that we get. 
it almost feels like history is regional. Um, well, history is regional. It almost feels like, like time periods and certain trends are regional and they can happen in a global sense, even back then. And from my history degree, I do see, I did notice that the world was more global back then than we let on, than we think it was. Um, and this book just really like drove that home again for me. It brought everything about what I loved about Jane Austen's novels into a contemporary witch narrative. And I just loved it. <laughs> Knowing that Hester Fox loves Julia Quinn and the Bridgerton series is just also a cherry on top for me. Knowing that Shonda Rhimes and her magic made Bridgerton what it is on the screen now is just magic for me. Essentially give me all the Regency period, all the Jane Austen, all the diversity, and all the witches that you can. Um, and that's my favorite thing. This book had so many elements of that. I just loved it. I just loved it. Let me say it again. I freaking love this book. And that is all. That is my top 10 for 2020. We already know I'm reading Bridgerton right now. So that's probably going to be on my top 10 for 2021. Um, but if you really like these, then I'll continue to do them because they're fun to gush about things that I like. Head over to my Instagram at thecraft.podcast and tell me what your top books were for 2020. I also started a TikTok, the same handle, at thecraft.podcast. Um, we're experimenting right now. I have a few little videos on there. Um, but go ahead and give that a follow. Message me on there. It's been so fun to interact with other book nerds on Book Talk and on Instagram as well. I've joined a few um, book communities and community book clubs. Um, so if any of you that I've met are listening, what's up? Um, it's been really fun to like carve out a little community for myself and I hope that more of you interact with me on my socials. I'd love to talk to you. Um, feel free to DM me as always. And one last thing, I realized that you can leave a review and a rating on iTunes on Apple Podcasts. So if that is a platform that you listen to me on, go ahead and leave a rating, leave me a review if you feel so inclined. I absolutely would love to hear from you guys. I found a review from a listener that I just loved. It was adorable. And if that was you, thank you so much. Um, I loved hearing back from you. Your words were so kind and I appreciate you so much. Um, and for those who haven't said anything, I see you. I'm usually a silent supporter of the people that I follow as well. And I appreciate you just as much. I love you guys. So that is it for today. Thank you so much 
for listening. Can't wait for what is to come. And as always, stay magical. <laughs>